What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Sports Kingdom and another episode of the TSK Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I'm joined by my co-host, Tyler Pachulki. What's up, TP? How you doing, playa? What up, Duke? Oh, you, you know, just another day in paradise, <laughs> baby. Uh, before we start, be sure to follow the show on Twitter and Instagram, at TSK Show. If you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler's underscore world underscore all of our content can be found on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash TSK show. Coming up a little later in the show, we have a big announcement before Tyler shares his power rankings for the week. We will also give our picks of the week for week 10 in the NFL. And we also got to recap uh, the UFC fight that went down uh, on, on the gridiron this weekend. There were yeah. a couple, couple of them. Oh, man. Um, also later in the show, it seems like the Warriors have figured it all out. Uh, the Cavs are still struggling so much that we already have a sol- subliminal LeBron James social media post, and a trade happened where clearly one team is in a rebuild now mode, and one team is looking to take advantage and win now. Uh, also, big news coming out of China regarding UCLA basketball as well, coming up a little later on in the show. Uh, but first, we have to start with the end-of-season awards for the MLB, since there are three Dodgers that are finalists for the awards. Um, Tyler and I both have a rundown of the Baseball Writers Association of America end of season awards nominees. We're going to go through them and, uh, kind of give our predictions on who we think is going to win all these awards at the end of the year. It's it's been a crazy, crazy year in baseball this year. Uh, A lot of home runs, a lot of great pitching, uh, crazy world series. Um, but let's start with, uh, the MVP award in both the AL and the NL. For the AL, we have uh, the three nominees, Jose Altuve of the Astros, Aaron Judge of the Yankees, and Jose Ramirez of the Indians. Tyler, who do you think is going to be the AL MVP? Altuve. Yeah. I think he's bringing home all the hardware. Yeah, I I also think that uh, Jose Altuve is going to win the AL MVP. He had a three forty six batting average, 24 home runs, 81 RBIs, uh, posted a nine fifty seven OPS. Really crazy numbers. You don't really – see players these days average over 300 for a season um he's just easy to root for too man yeah if his stature just throwing up numbers like that is just crazy yeah exactly and um obviously with the astros winning the world series i also think that also gives him yeah. the edge yep uh even though they had great success in the regular season yeah e- even though all these awards were voted on prior to the playoffs yeah um i still think altuve had an incredible season uh, next, we got the NL MVP. We got uh, Paul Goldschmidt of the Diamondbacks, Giancarlo Stanton, St- excuse me, Giancarlo Stanton of the Marlins, and Joey Votto of the Cincinnati Reds. Stanton, all yeah, day. yeah, it's got to got to go to Stanton. How yeah. can you how can you not give it to, this to the fireworks guy? waiting to happen? Yeah, he, so oh. Giancarlo Stanton batted two eighty one. He had fifty nine home runs, <laughs> one hundred and thirty two RBIs. And posted a 1.007 OPS. Yeah, it's gonna be inter- Yeah, that's, uh, it's gonna be interesting to see if uh, someday he can hit 70. You know, that'd be cool. It'll be interesting to see. Got to happen again sometime. It'll be interesting to see what team he's on next season because yeah. the Marlins have already said that he's on the trading block. 
So, I mean, who knows where he could end up next year and what kind of season he could have, depending on the pieces he has around him. As long as he doesn't go to the Yankees, it'll be all good. Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, next, we got uh, the Cy Young Awards for the AL and the NL. Uh, for the AL, we got Corey Kluber of the Indians, Chris Sale of the Red Sox, and Luis Severino of the Yankees. Uh, I got Corey Kluber winning this. Uh, he has an 18-4 and record over the regular season. He had a 2.25 ERA. He had 265 strikeouts and a .87 whip. Um, the Indians obviously went on that crazy run yeah. at the end of the season yeah. and then into the playoffs, had a pretty good run. I think the Indians are going to probably have a surprising amount of these awards won just because they were voted on before the playoffs. Yeah. They had a crazy good uh, season, but I don't know. I, th- I think they're going to go with Sale, the it, Boston Tower. You know, Chris, Chris Sale definitely deserves to win the Cy Young. He had a great year. But I think no the, the the success of the Indians though I think is what's going to get a lot of these guys. These yeah, especially awards. especially with that uh, stretch they had towards the regular season. Yeah. I think it was like twenty one games or something. I think Houston and Houston and uh, Cleveland are going to bring home a lot of hardware. Yeah, uh, and now uh, the first Dodger to be nominated yeah. for an award, uh, the NL Cy Young. Obviously, we have Clayton Kershaw, the Dodgers. Yeah, give it to him. Uh, Max Scherzer of the Nationals and his teammate Steven Strasburg of the That's Nationals. That's crazy. Two, two, two aces, uh, two of the three Cy Young finalists. Uh, From the same team. That's pretty not crazy. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. I mean, hey, the Nationals were a great team in the regular season. They just can't get it done in the postseason. Yeah, no, they, they've got to eventually get there as well. Just like the Dodgers, I think they're just a team that's just waiting to win a World Series. Yeah. Um, obviously, I would love for Clayton Kershaw to win this award. But I don't think he's going to win the award because he missed so much time in the regular season. This could go so many ways with, uh, you know, those two guys are like stealing each other's. Yeah, exactly. Votes. They're stealing each other's votes. So that's the only reason why I think Kershaw is actually going to win is just because of how the voting breaks down. I think I think Max Scherzer is going to win. He had an incredible year. Um, he he was sixteen and six on the year, two point five one ERA, two hundred and sixty eight strikeouts, and a point nine zero WHIP. Uh, just a comparison to Kershaw. Kershaw was 18 and four, uh, had a 2.31 ERA, 202 strikeouts, and a .95 WHIP. But I think the injury and missing that two months in the season is really going to hurt Kershaw in the voting. Yeah. So I think I think they're going to have to give it to Scherzer, but we'll see. Hopefully Kershaw does win and takes home another Cy Young. Yeah, that'd be sick. Because that'd be tight. Uh, next we got AL Rookie of the Year. Yeah. Do I need to go through the nominees? The rookie of the year is where it's all <laughs> where it's at this year. Exactly. Oh man, both um, leagues rookie of the year is really yeah. awesome. So we got Andrew Bentinetti of the Red Sox, obviously Aaron Judge of the Yankees, and Trey Mancini of the Orioles. If Aaron Judge doesn't win this, they better discontinue the award. The law, Aaron Judge. <laughs> uh, Judge batted two eighty four, had a fifty two home runs as a rookie. 114 RBIs and posted a 1.049 OPS this season. Yeah, the Yanks are excited. They're they they like, have a very good young core coming yeah, up. Yeah, it's with, a little different. It's it's dope that they have you know some big hitters and some young guys out there. It's not just these you know bought and veterans. Yeah, uh, exactly. Playing together, it's cool to see. Uh, next, we got the NL Rookie of the Year, uh, Josh Bell of the Pirates, Paul DeJong of the Cardinals. And then, Bellinger. if Cody, the one that, if the Cody one that's kid, win it, yeah, Cody Bellinger, 
of the Dodgers. Going to be the second year in a row Dodgers have unanimous yeah, rookie of the years. That's good to have. That's a nice, that's a nice start. Yeah. Uh, Bellinger batted 267, had 39 home runs, only one person ahead of, it, ahead of him, Giancarlo Stanton in the home run race in the NL. Uh, had 97 RBIs and posted a .933 OPS. Yeah, both uh, Bellinger and Judge just had super exciting seasons and won games for really good teams. And the best part is Bellinger wasn't even on the opening day roster. He yeah. was called up like April 25th or something. No, the whole Bellinger's entire season was just so crazy, so entertaining from the get-go. Yeah. It was from game one. You know, we knew we knew what was going down. Yeah. Um, next, moving on, we got the AL and the NL Manager of the Year awards. Uh, for the AL, we got Terry Francona of the Indians, A.J. Hinch of the Astros, and Paul Molitor of the Twins. Obviously, Terry Francona, uh, the Indians had a great season. Yeah, that's In- who I figured. Incredible run at the end uh, of the season uh, to bring some momentum into the playoffs. A.J. Hinch, obviously, had a, Houston's best yeah. year ever. Yep. Um, and then Paul Molitor of the Twins. Crazy story about the Twins. They lost 100 games last year and then made it to the playoffs this year. Yeah. They're like one of the first teams ever to have 100 losses the season prior and then make the playoffs the next year. Yeah, it's, it's always tough to pick a manager because, you know, what do you go off? Do you go off difference of record? Do you go off of this season? Because then you got people like Dave Roberts where it's just like his – the, there's just a, an expectation there. So right, it's exactly. Like, you know, it just depends on what you judge as being like the the hardest part about being a manager. And I would say turning a franchise around. Is yeah, like, that's a huge part of know, it. Reviving a franchise um, is where it's at. Even though the even though this was voted on before the playoffs, I still think AJ Hinch is going to win the AL Manager of the Year. The Astros posted 101 wins and 61 losses, and they won their division by 21 games. Yeah, dominant all year. Yeah, all the way to the end. Um, but Terry Francona, Paul Molitor, both very deserving uh, managers. Really, in both leagues, the AL and the NL, the manager of the year could go to any one of these uh, three guys in each league, and it makes sense. Um, for the NL manager of the year, it's an all-NL West crowd, which I personally love. Yeah, that's that's sick. Um, it's Bud Black of the Rockies, uh, Tori Lovello of the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks and then Dave Roberts of the Dodgers. It really could go either way with this one as well, but I think because you have three different managers from the same division, you got to give it to the guy who won the division. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. And obviously the Dodgers and Dave Roberts won. They mm-hmm. had 104 wins, 58 losses, that's won the what, won the division by 11 games. Yeah, that's Could've what won I'm it. saying though, you know, where are you going to give it to the team that turned it around the most or are you going to give it to the best team? Right, because I think I think Dave Roberts is going to win, but if Bud Black does win, just the turnaround the Rockies had yeah, yeah. from last year to this year, I think it was obvious that the Diamondbacks, it was going to come down to the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers uh, at the end of the season for the NL West. Makes sense. But the season Bud Black and the Rockies had, I mean, Charlie Blackman, Nolan Arenado, those are, Nolan Arenado might win the MVP. Or, yeah. Excuse me. No, he won't. Excuse no, they, me. Uh, I re- no, they turned it around. Yeah, it, it, that's that's where I, that's where it's hard it's hard to pick. You know, do I go with the Dodgers who right. won the most games, or do I go with the team that really turned it around? Where, you know, being a manager comes into play the most. 
Right. And to correct myself, Nolan Arenado was in discussion to be an MVP candidate, but obviously, like we just said, he wasn't one of the three nominees. But Nolan Arenado, Charlie Blackman both had great years for the Rockies and were definitely in the MVP conversation for a while. And the job that Bud Black did with the Rockies was very well done. But at the end of the day, I think it has to go to the guy that won the division, and that was Dave Roberts. Yep. Moving on now, that wraps it up for the end-of-season awards for the MLB. Uh, like we said at the top of the show, we have a huge announcement for Tyler's NFL Power Rankings. We wanted to announce that Tyler's NFL Power Rankings are now brought to you by the Cut Barbershop up in Shelton, Washington. Uh, we at the Sports Kingdom want to give a huge shout-out to uh, Casey McGee and the Cut Barbershop, so thank you for this. Yes, sir. Uh, let's get right into it, Tyler. Let's let's hear your NFL Power Rankings presented by the Cut Barbershop. All right, let's do it. Um, number ten was pretty tough this week because you know it's starting to uh, things are starting to smooth out as far as the playoff picture, but that middle part of the uh, league is still kind of tough to judge. So I went uh, I went number ten, Minnesota Vikings, coming off a of bye week. Uh, the third in the league in defensive scoring. Um, I still don't really like their offense. I think that's what's going to hold them back with making the playoffs. But that division is struggling right now. They, they have Rodgers. Yeah, they have out. a very good chance to win the division. Still, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, they have a they have a you know Detroit's four and four, Green Bay's four and four, and Chicago's three and five. So they yeah, have they, a good, they have a, too. Yeah, they know, have a stronghold on that division where they they, have, they really have to mess it up for them to lose the division. Yeah. But I think that they're kind of my team that I, I do. Th- I, I think they're going to mess it up somehow. Hey, it wouldn't but me. right now they're playing good, so I can't really uh, knock them for that. Uh, coming in at number nine is one of my favorite teams this year, uh, the Saxonville Jaguars. Uh, they're five and three. They just come off a win against Cincinnati. Um, number one defense in the NFL right now. Uh, 35 sacks through eight games is uh Ridiculous numbers to throw up yeah, through that through that, that many games. Those so. are astronomical numbers for eight games through the season. Yep, Clay's Campbell signings looking real good, and those <laughs> young players on defense are uh, are progressing well. Um, so Jalen Ramsey really getting into the head of uh, yeah, that AJ was, Green. Yeah, that that was insane. I we'll touch on that. <laughs> uh, um, coming in at number eight, I got a team that's. The only thing I can – it's the Dallas Cowboys, and the only thing I can say is with Ezekiel Elliott in the lineup, they're a top-10 team. 100%. And without – they're not. So week to week, I'm just kind of waiting to see what's going on there. Um, last week, they played Kansas City and won, and I thought they were going to lose because I didn't think Zeke yeah, was going to play. Yeah, we didn't have the news that Zeke was going to be able to play. Yeah, so uh, with with Ezekiel Elliott, they can beat anybody. And beating Kansas City, you know, they show that they That's can beat huge. one I mean, of the better Kansas, teams in yeah. the league. Um, so yeah, I got Dallas at number eight, but like I said, without Zeke, they're they're not even close to that position. Uh, number seven, I got my boy Drew Brees and uh, the Houdat Nation. Killing Saints. it right now. Six and two, six six wins in a row. Um, I think the the biggest number for them right now is that they're only allowing nineteen points a game. Yeah, um, that's huge. And when you got Drew Brees playing quarterback, odds are you're going to score three touchdowns at least. So, yeah. Uh, you know, when their defense is playing like that, they're going to have a shot to beat a lot of really good football teams. Um, so, yeah, New Orleans is looking good. Uh, so number, renaissance down in the Big Easy right now. Yeah. Uh, number six, I got the uh, Kansas City Chiefs coming off of a loss to Dallas. Uh, yeah, they did just lose to Dallas, but um, I just don't think they were game playing for Zeke. And yeah. I still think Kansas City, Alex Smith is still having an insanely efficient year. 
Uh, their defense is tough. They have a great home field. Uh, so I, And that, that division is also struggling. Oakland doesn't look as good as I thought that they were going to be. Yeah. Denver's struggling with offense, and we don't know who's playing quarterback there. So, uh, yeah, I got Kansas City coming at number six. Um, number five, I got my boys, the hometown guys, the Hawks. They're lucky they're still in the top five. Very lucky. Yeah. Uh, the entire game, I just kept saying, let's just get our defense on the field so we can score some points because – it's really how you guys have been scoring points this year. Yeah, but it's just crazy because, I mean, Seattle's still a top 10 scoring team in the NFL. Uh, they're still a top five defensive scoring team in the NFL. Um, they're just, they just haven't put it all together for uh, a stretch of games that makes me feel comfortable quite yet. Um, I don't blame you. The season isn't over, uh, but that loss, you know, that really hurts them with the Rams being so good chasing yeah, that NFC West now, title. They're now a game out of first place in the NFC West. And yeah, yeah. Now now they're sitting on a wild card. So um, I think I still think Seattle's going to take care of business in the back half of their schedule and, and win those division games and get the crown. But if they mess around and lose a couple games like this to teams like the Redskins, it shouldn't be. Yeah, they shouldn't be losing to a team like the Redskins. Not at home. That's for Especially sure. not That's at home. That's for damn sure. Yeah. And so, you know, if they mess around and lose a couple more and don't win that division, that hurts in the playoffs. So uh, they're still looking all right. I'm still, I'm still confident. But they need to put a two- or three-game stretch together where they're really playing good on both sides of the ball. I'm going to call it right now. If the Seahawks don't have a home playoff game, they're not making it out of the first round. Yeah, they, they, need, they, need the, uh, they need the crowd right now. It looks as if right now they need the home crowd, but, I mean, they're still losing to the Redskins at home. So, yeah. who knows? Um, I just don't know. They, they haven't put it all together, so I really don't know how to judge them. And, of course, they're under the biggest microscope for me. Um, <laughs> but uh, number four coming in is your guys, the Rams. I got the Rams above the Seahawks. I, yeah. I, I have to. Uh, number one scoring offense. Put up a 50-burger this last week. How pretty was it? Oh, man, the scoring this last weekend was awesome in the morning. It, yeah. It, it was crazy. Philadelphia uh, was was scoring. I think even uh, New Orleans had 30. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, Jared Goff's rolling. That deep ball with Sammy Watkins, they've been trying to get that to work for so long, and I am so happy it finally worked. This is a really good team. I mean, they're playing super well. They're They're, they're like – they maxed out everything that they were hoping. Like before the season started, they're like, "Hey, if we can get this to happen, and we can get this to happen, it's all this. happening." Yeah, it's all happening now. You know, Jared Goff is obviously in control of the offense. Sammy Watkins looks like he fits in just fine. So does Robert uh, Woods too. Yeah, Cooper. Then I was just about to say they have Cooper Cup and Tavon, who I like a lot. But Bob Woods is uh, is a legit player for them. Yeah. I mean, they got four guys that are working the rotation, and although Tavon hasn't had a great season numbers wise he's a great tool for them exactly because so they're, much. they're using him more in the run running game, game yeah and more as a decoy and, a, and he's a kick returner so yeah. it's you know well they took him off kick returns after he, those couple fumbles he's but. still got he's still got value on that offense he's still super explosive so he's their home you know, home run ball it's not that he still has value in that offense it's that Sean McVay and the coaching staff have found value in the offense and ways to use him in the yeah, offense to make him great, valuable. He's a great compliment in the run game. Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah, and, and Cooper Cup, who I love, is uh, a player that's the size of Jordan Nelson and Eric Decker, and he plays the slot. Yeah. So it's, he's, a great, he's a great player that I think hopefully he becomes a Jordan Nelson or an Eric Decker. Um, he, he's a really good player. Uh, number three, got coming in off the bye week, I got Pittsburgh. Um, their defense is dominating. Antonio Brown is clearly the number one receiver in the NFL. Yeah. Um, 
Ben's going to be Ben. Yeah, Big Ben's look, look to have found his stride. So, yeah, I come off a bye. I got them number three team in the NFL. I still think they're the, uh, they're the only shot the AFC's got to beat New England in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, coming at number two, I got the Birds, the Eagles, crushing. Still don't have them at number one? No. No. Wow. Not with, not with Brady can still walk. Belichick <laughs> can still talk. I, I got I I gotta go I gotta go with New England as number one team. I still think they're the team that you have to you have to be like we have to beat these guys. Yeah. Um, Brady coming off the bye week. Brady's still number one in the NFL in passing yards. Uh, um, and he had a week off. Yeah, they're number one yard passing yards per game in the NFL. Um, so yeah, I was about to talk about the Eagles, but you know it's the Patriots. It's the Patriots. No, I league. mean let's, the let's, Eagles are having a great. What I think is going to come out of this is the Eagles are, are they'll, they'll probably win one playoff game, maybe. I don't see them winning two. And I, I definitely think that uh, Chris Peterson. Uh, Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson. Sorry, Chris Peterson's the UW coach. <laughs> uh, Doug, <laughs> Doug, Doug, Doug Peterson's going to win coach of the year this year. Yeah. Rightfully so. And, and Carson Wentz is making, uh, making a strong case for MVP, but we'll see at the end of the season where everything's at. Yeah. No, I mean – it it makes sense to have the reigning Super Bowl champs. They're six and two coming yeah. off their bye week. I um, I just think they they're they're just still the class of the NFL. They're still the 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 measuring point where you want to be at, uh, who you want to be contending with. Because yeah, come you know come two months from now they're going to be there. So <laughs> you have to be able to beat them. Makes sense. So yeah, first ever uh, power rankings brought to you by the Cut Barbershop. Uh, number one, New England. Patriots to Philadelphia. Then I got the Steelers, the Rams, the Seahawks, the Chiefs, the Saints, the Cowboys, Saxonville Jaguars, and the Minnesota Vikings. There we go. All right, now we'll move on to the picks of the week for Week Ten. Last week was a bit of a dismal week for me. Oh, it was it was hard to watch. Yeah, uh, went eight and five, bringing my total to sixty and forty-one. Yep, I also went eight and five. I'm sitting at sixty-five and thirty-six. I was pretty stoked last week when we got back and uh, the Jets were crushing. I called that one. I thought it was going to be a good week. And yeah. Then, then Seahawks and everybody else decided to go and disappoint me and break my heart. Yeah. Uh, so, speaking of the Seahawks, breaking your heart, Thursday night football, we got the Seahawks coming in at 5-3, and three, traveling to Arizona, divisional matchup, taking on the Cardinals at 4-4. Four and four. Uh, The line for this game is Seattle minus 6. I got the Seahawks winning this game handily. Yeah, uh, uh, this game gives me a lot of anxiety. God, it's just a short week. They yeah, come off a bad loss, and it's a divisional game. Yeah, you know they they it's, need to win. They they have to handily win these guys. They're, we needed some strong performances to gain some confidence. Yeah, no, they're definitely going to need strong performances this week. But I think the LLB better be licking their chops. Oh at my Drew goodness! Uh, yeah. And Bobby Wagner, I think, is making – this might be his best season, which is crazy to say because he's an all-pro player. But I think he's defensive player of the year so far. Wow. Yeah, he's he's crushing. He's looking good. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Uh, this, this game will really determine how the NFC West is going to shake up, I think. Yeah, well, 
the I think watching the Seahawks in general is how you're going to see how the West yeah. is. It looks like LA's got, you know, they got it figured out. They know what they're doing. They got their Yeah, identity. they just got to keep doing it. And it's not like, you know, Seattle's 5 and 3. It's not like they're, you know, no, 7500. Yeah. But they're the team where you watch if they're looking good and getting better then, you know, you're thinking, all right, Rams we, might be the wild card, but if they're struggling, it's like Rams are going to win this division. Yeah. All right, moving on, we got uh, a lot of good Sunday matchups. Yeah. We got uh the New Orleans Saints 6 and 2 traveling to Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo's five and three. Uh, the line for this game: New Orleans minus two and a half. Yeah, I, this game is. This was one of the hardest games for me to pick. Uh, I wouldn't bet on this game. No, uh, I wouldn't bet on this game at line. all. Um, I think I'm going to go with my guy Drew Brees just because uh, you know I have confidence in him winning tough games against tough defenses. But this is a top five scoring defense in the NFL. The Buffalo Bills. Yeah, they're, they're not messing around. So uh, if the I think it, the Buffalo though they have to score twenty five, twenty six points to win this game. See, the only reason I have Buffalo winning this game is because the Saints play in a dome, and Buffalo plays outdoors, and it's in Buffalo in November. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, and all that's going to start playing playing a factor. I love that. Yeah. It's outdoor sport, you know. Yeah, those so, teams like the Lions and, and New Orleans, Atlanta, Atlanta. When yeah, Minnesota. When they, when, and Minnesota's weird because I always think of them as a cold weather team just but because they, of the division they play in. Yeah, but yeah, no, they're a dome team as well. So they they better be ready to roll outside because Tyrod can play outside. Yeah. Uh, next, another divisional matchup. We got uh, the Green Bay Packers coming in at four and four, coming after that loss to the Lions. Uh, Taking on the Chicago Bears in Chicago, uh, Chicago's three and five, and the line for this game is actually Chicago minus five. Yeah, that's. Uh, I, I mean, I think Green Bay is going to win. So do I. Yeah. I yes, Hunley hasn't been what they're hoping for. He's settling in still. Yeah. I think now he's good. I mean, he just played a Monday night game and took an L to a divisional opponent that's been. I mean, the Lions haven't won in Lambeau forever. Yeah, it, uh, the stat was, out of, they it was 24, 24 of twenty five. Yeah, so they've they, lost once in the last since Favre's been drafted. Yeah, so it's like the worst has already happened, and now you know Mike McCarthy has complete confidence that he's their guy. He, you know, he doesn't have to worry about a, a backup breathing down his neck. It's his team. He knows this. He knows this team. It's and the he same knows, team that they had without Aaron Rodgers. So yeah, I'm not saying they're going to be a, uh, winning games in the playoffs, but they're still a decent football team. Yeah, and I still think they beat the Bears. Yeah, they're better. They're just better than the Bears. Yeah, because the Bears are in a position where they don't really have much to throw at the Packers. Hundley started two games, so we'll see. You know, this is a chance for him to make some serious money in this league. So. Yeah, he no, it's well. definitely it's definitely going to be a good game. It's he, not going to be as as high scoring as it would be if Aaron Rodgers was playing. Yeah, no, of course, but he's going to at the end of the season he'll have started ten games for the Packers, so we'll see. You know, it hasn't been a great start, but we'll see where, yeah, where we'll how, see how he, he progresses, how he matures. It's his team, so yeah. Uh, next, we got the Cleveland Browns, zero uh, and eight, traveling to Detroit to play the Lions, who are four and four. Detroit, the line for this game. Detroit minus twelve and a half. Yeah, I would still, I would still bet on, I'd still bet on Detroit. Yeah, Detroit's, Detroit's going to blow this game out of the water in the first half. I hope that Detroit hasn't, you know, lost the wind behind their sails because with Green Bay struggling, yeah, 
they're really only chasing Minnesota right now. They and they're still in striking distance, only two games very back. Very close, so. very close striking distance. Um, we'll see how good of a football team Detroit is in this next couple of games. See if they can close the gap on Minnesota. But I think they start with a win here. Yeah, definitely. So do I. Uh, next, we got the Pittsburgh Steelers coming off the bye, coming in at six and two, traveling to Indianapolis to play. Uh, Steeman, Willie Beeman, Jacoby Brissett, and the Colts yes, coming in at three and six. The line for this game is Pittsburgh minus ten. Uh, I think the Steelers are going to win this game pretty easily. Yeah, not really much. I'll take Pittsburgh. Yeah, not really much to discuss just because of the disparity of the two teams. Yeah, see, it, the Indiana or Indiana Indianapolis is kind of just that 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 organization's struggling right now they're trying to get a hold of this madness because they're a good organization i mean two years ago they were in the afc championship yeah. game with andrew luck yeah and now they don't know if their guy's ever going to play again or play well or the same level again so yeah. um they got a lot of stuff they going on that they got to figure out definitely um next we got the la chargers coming in at three and five traveling to jacksonville Carson at Jacksonville. <laughs> uh, Jacksonville coming in at five and three. The line for this game is Jacksonville minus four. Take that. Yeah, definitely take Jacksonville. I mean, Jacksonville's going to win by at least a touchdown or two. I think. Yeah, their defense is going to have another great game. I, yeah, I think they're going to just light up uh, Philip Rivers. He he sits in the pocket. Yeah, and, you know he's a passer. He's going to stand there. And it's a good thing Jalen Ramsey didn't get suspended. Yeah, God, I don't. Can we talk about that for a second? Yeah, I mean, it, that's just AJ Green. I've never seen someone like throw he, hands like that. He's just us. frustrated, I think, yeah. with how their season's gone. Yeah, that was crazy uh, to see him throwing hands. And like, even after all the scuffle, he's at the bottom on his back throwing hands at whatever. He picked he picked Jalen Ramsey up in a chokehold like yeah. George St. Pierre had yeah. Michael Bisbing in the night before. Yeah, no, it's uh, and dropped him. He's lucky he didn't. I mean, I they don't could have done whatever they wanted to, suspension wise, with AJ Green. Yeah, I don't know case. how he didn't get suspended. But I, I, it's you never know with this kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I just don't know like how these meetings go, where they where they figure out who's suspended, and who's not. Yeah, because I mean, you throw punches, that's like should be automatic. I mean, it's automatic in the NBA, yeah. in the MLB. Yeah, it's closed fist, and he's throwing them after the takedown. But I think. I think the difference in football, especially with the MLB and the NBA and throwing punches, this guy's throwing punches at a helmet yeah. with a face mask. What are you doing? Yeah, dude? no, it's stupid. But the takedown alone. Well, yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, no, I think uh, Saxonville's going to beat up on the Chargers. So do I. Uh, next, we got the New York Jets coming in at 4-5, and five, traveling to another fighting team. Uh, yeah, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jameis, man, he coming should, in at he, two like, and he six. Should, he, he should have got be. suspended too for a, a player that's on the bench, not even involved in the yeah, game. Yeah, what is he doing poking Marcus Lattimore? Yeah, and then Mike Evans just comes in. Mike Evans should have got suspended for that. He did. He, got, he, he got suspended one he game. He did get suspended. Yeah, he got suspended yeah. one game. All those guys should have been suspended for that kind of shit. I mean, definitely. J I mean, I think honestly, James instigated James is the whole like, thing. Dude, if I was a player on the field and some dude came off the bench like that, it was like poked my neck or something like that. And, I'd freak out just and like he, didn't, he did. He didn't just like poke him once. He poked him like a couple times. He was instigating that. He wanted that to happen. He came off the sideline. He's their franchise quarterback. He yeah. knows people are going to retaliate against this dude. Yeah. He's on his sideline. He's yeah. not even part of the game at that point. He's taken out as, uh, because of injury. Yeah. And, I mean, don't get me wrong. 
if we were both in that situation, we saw our quarterback getting messed with, we would both go defend our quarterback. Yeah, that's that's but, what I'm saying. But that's why Jameis should have been, you know, exactly. Like, Jameis shouldn't have done that. Yeah, no, Jame, Jameis started all that. And, but I also think part of Mike yeah. Evans' frustration is with how the season's gone. Yeah, for sure. Um, Tampa Bay's season's over. Yeah, I mean, without Jameis, you their know, coach is probably going to get fired if they don't. That, well, if, I mean, I, I think. Uh, I don't think I don't think Jameis is playing. I think no Fitzpatrick's going to be playing like, yeah, for the rest of the year. J- I, yeah, I think they're sitting Jameis because he is messed right. up his AC joint. Yeah, no. So I think you know without Jameis, they're they're nothing. They're they're bottom ten team, bottom five team. Yeah, I mean uh, the spread for this game is uh, the Jets minus two and a half. Take that bet. And and I think the Jets are going to win this. The Jets so do are, I. I think Jets, the Jets are going to win this game too. The Jets, uh, the Jets are another one of my favorite teams this year. I don't know how they're doing it. The names they have on offense crack me up. You know, uh, Josh Matt McCallan, Forte, Josh McCown, Robbie Anderson, Jermaine Curse, Jermaine Lakewood Curse. It's just uh, Safarian Jenkins, Gig Harbor. Yeah, uh, they got they got all sorts of weird pieces, and they're playing really but they're good making football. It work. Yeah, no, they're and they're winning. It's. They're, I mean, they're four and five, but they beat up. They beat up That's on the more Bucks. games than they were expected to win. Yeah, no, and I saw um, I saw a segment on ESPN about the fans being upset about uh, them not tanking, and it's just like, how can you not? How Todd can, Bowles is a, a great defensive mind. You know, they should be trying to put this thing together to win some games, and if they're doing it with veterans on offense and putting you know all their baggage on their defense, yeah, you know, with that defensive line and whatnot, uh, and Todd Bowles. Don't tank. Win some games. Figure yeah. out how to win. Figure out how to win football games. You'll figure out how off. to win with who you have. The difference between the third pick overall and the tenth pick for one year is not going to change. Yeah, it's it. not that much. You need to learn how to win. Um, yeah, so we both got the Jets winning that game. Next, we got uh, Cincinnati Bengals coming in at three and five, and a team you've been crushing all year, the Tennessee Titans coming in at five and three. They've won three games straight. Yeah. Um, the Titans, the line on this game is the Titans minus four and a half. Yep. Um, I think it's going to be a close game. I don't know. I think, yeah. Um, just the A.J. Green thing is is what kind of throws a kink in this. Because yeah. Cincinnati could easily win this game. They could. This is, this is another game that I think is really tough to to pick. Yeah, I think the Titans are going to win this, win this game just because they've been rolling. They've won three straight, and they're playing at home. Yeah, yeah. and they're at home. Um, so we'll see what kind of we'll we'll see what kind of grit Cincinnati's got. I mean, Marvin Lewis, I think at this point is playing for his job. So I think it, he always plays for his job every year. Yeah, it seems like it's, just, it's been like. I mean, they got to they got to get close to like five hundred for him to keep the, keep his job. Oh, just, for her, for sure. Just just think of it as an off year. Yeah. Uh, next, we got the Minnesota Vikings coming in at six and two, uh, traveling to the nation's capital, uh, where I will actually be this weekend. I'm, nice. going, I'm going to the D.C. Virginia area this weekend. Uh, the Vikings will take on the Washington Redskins coming in at four and four. The line for this game is Minnesota minus one and a half. Yeah, I don't like either one of these football teams, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to pick the Vikings. I'm going to pick the Vikings, too. Just because I really don't like um, – but, I mean, this is – I do like the matchup of Minnesota's defense versus the, the Redskins' offense. Yeah. I just like Kirk Cousins. I don't understand how he's, how he's I mean, doing. him he, and Jamison Crowder looked real good last week. Yep. No, and they're playing the Seahawks at, at, in Seattle, so yeah, I they're mean, obviously legit. I don't – I mean, I like Chris Thompson – I just there's just something about those guys that I just don't think they're going to put it together and win playoff games. Yeah, 
So we'll see. We've got the Vikings winning that game. Uh, next, we got the Houston Texans coming in at three and five, coming here to take on the Rams, coming in at six and two. The line for this game is the Rams minus twelve. Yeah, this is a game that makes the Rams scary because they could go out here and score forty points again. Yeah, and I mean that defense just ate up. Um, uh, the Giants. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. How how did I blink on Eli Manning? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, the Ra- the Rams defense just ate up Eli Manning in that game. Yeah. Forced forced a couple fumbles. Um, obviously the Giants receiving core is pretty diminished. So, uh, it was somewhat of a light day, I would say for, for the secondary, for the, for the Rams. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean the Rams, the Rams are going to win the Rams, the Rams could big, big, big. Yeah. I mean, especially with having Tom Savage back there, um, obviously the Texans defense is depleted. Yeah, they're just going to keep gaining confidence on offense and defense. They're, you know, keep and it's, leading the league in scoring. And it's, exactly, their hats on it's exactly what a young team like this needs, is that confidence that they can win games in this league. They're the perfect storm. I mean, L.A., high, you know, leading the league in scoring in L.A., young coach, young offense, just exciting football. It's perfect. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I got the Rams winning this game pretty handily. Um, next we got the Cowboys coming in at five and three to going to Atlanta to take on the Falcons at four and four. Uh, the line on this is Atlanta minus three. I like Atlanta in this one. So do I, I, I think like Atlanta's going to win this game. Yeah. I like them to write their ship. Yeah. And also, I don't know if Zeke, Zeke's going to play. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that I still think the Atlanta Falcons are making the playoffs. They're four and four right so now. So do I, I think, the, I think the Falcons are going to end up winning that, that division. That division is insanely competitive right now. Um, but I think they're going to end up making the playoffs. They're probably going to end up being a wild card now because New Orleans' schedule looks like it's going to favor them to to make the playoffs. Probably win nine to ten games now. Yeah, definitely. Next, we got uh, the New York Giants uh, coming in after that awful loss to the Rams, uh, coming in at one and seven, uh, traveling to San Francisco to take on the Forty ers who are zero and nine. The line on this game is the Giants minus one. This is this is I'm so mad. Do I have to, do I have to pick a winner for this, this game? This was like at the beginning of the year when we had to pick between Cleveland and India, Indianapolis. Yeah. Uh this is Is it I possible think, is it possible this game ends in a tie? The NFL the you only the only sport in you professional sports that yeah. has a tie? Now that I I'm, I'm changing my answer to tie at this point. They're going to tie. I literally was thinking this like would be such last a night. that'd be such a classic thing for this game. God, both of these it's franchises gonna be, are It's going to be a, a shootout. It's going to be a very high-scoring game. Yeah, they're not going to be stopping much. And it's going to be it's going to end in a tie. Yeah, I had San Francisco coming in, but I'm changing my answer to tie because I see I have the I had the Giants coming in, but I'm going to change my answer to yeah, a tie. Well, I I don't know. I just think the San Fran's a little more motivated at home to get their first win. See, I think I can't believe the Giants lost like that in New York. That's just well, and Whew. here's the thing, though. Eli Manning has started 207 straight games. Yeah. You know who's ahead of him at 208? And if he starts this game. Peyton Manning. Yep, his brother. Yeah. yeah. He's going to win this game. No, yeah, he's uh, – Eli's great. Eli's by far the best player in this football game on both sides. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's, and a, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. And I think, so. I think the Niners have a couple suspensions, too, because they got in a fight. 
Yeah, the Niners, the only thing really I like about the Niners is their defensive line unit. Um, Carlos Hyde's decent, but outside of that, there's not much to even talk about. Yeah. Until they get Garoppolo going, they're they're still a doormat. Yeah, I think I think Hyde is one of the players that's suspended because he was part of that, that yeah, fight. That makes sense. So much fighting <laughs> going on in the NFL. Um, then the Sunday night matchup. Um, we got the New England Patriots coming off the bye, coming in at six and two, traveling to the Mile High City to take on the Denver Broncos. This game's gonna be sick. Yeah, this game's gonna be great. Yeah. Um, it's, Broncos it's, are coming in at three and five. Uh, the line on this game is New England minus seven and a half. Yeah, it's gonna be. I, I think it's gonna be a decently close game playing in Denver against those Denver DBs. Um, it's gonna be Peyton Manning versus the, or <laughs> Peyton Manning. It's going to be Tom Brady versus Denver's DB, so it's going to be a good matchup. Uh, Denver's offense isn't that great, but New England's, I mean, New England's defense is average, so they could keep it in the game if uh, Denver can score some points. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I, I got the Patriots winning this game. Yeah, Patriots are winning. Uh, next on the Monday night matchup, we got the Miami Dolphins coming in at 4-4, four and four, traveling to Carolina to take on the Panthers. Panthers are coming in at 6-3. and three. The line on this game is Carolina minus nine. That's a that's a tough bet. I that's don't a know. very tough I think, bet. I think Carolina. I think Carolina's going to win, but I don't, this is another game where I don't think it's going to be a blowout or anything. It's going to be yeah. A I don't know. Fight. You know, it's a, Miami has a really really good defense against Carolina's offense. It's figuring it out still. So yeah. Carolina wins football games though, especially at home. Cam Cam will have them ready to go on Monday night. You saw Cam dunk on Marcus Trufant. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Desmond. Uh, yeah, Desmond, sorry. Yeah, shout out Marcus, though. Yeah. Wilson High School. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, so that uh, that wraps up the picks of the week for week 10 in the NFL. Um, a lot of craziness in the NFL. It's been, yeah. a, been a great season. I'm excited to see how it finishes up. Yeah, it's getting good. The yeah. the playoff picture is starting to come about. So yeah, it's really good. starting to shape shape up. So. Yeah, there's still a lot of teams in it, too, so it's it's good. I mean, there's like five or six teams not my top 10 that I still think could make the – the playoffs so. yeah and a couple of them will yeah so it will be definitely interesting to see and now uh to some unfortunate news some news out of china hmm. <laughs> ucla basketball is there right now to play georgia tech for their season opening game uh coming up this weekend but three players were arrested for allegedly shoplifting uh a at a louis vuitton store near the hyatt hotel that the teams are staying at, according to Jeff Goodman of ESPN. And one of those three players arrested just so happens to be uh, middle child Leangelo Ball. Damn it. <laughs> now, what the hell is Leangelo Ball doing allegedly shoplifting anything? He's got a freaking Ferrari already. His older brother's in the NBA. His family has plenty of money. I just don't get it. Yeah, it's not about shoplifting or items. This is just about... You think, uh, you think this is a classic middle child syndrome? Yeah, just acting out. I mean, I don't even know the whole story, so we'll see what happens, uh, what China tells us as to what went on, you know, whether he was an accomplice or the one that actually took it, but... Yeah, apparently this, this is over some, apparently a, this is over some sunglasses. Yeah, he's like an eighteen or nineteen year old college kid, and you know he's trying to get some headlines. His family is doing it big. They can't include him on any of the uh, marketing stuff because he's a he's a college athlete. Yeah, you know, I, honestly, I would think Leandro is probably pretty depressed. It would be hard to be away from home right now. 
um, not getting any of this shine, not getting his, his and not being allowed to partake in any of the shine. Yeah, I mean, he's watching his brother play for the Lakers. He, his little brother is a, a huge celebrity at this point. Yeah, I mean, I he's mean, probably the most famous bas- high school basketball player in the country ever, ever. Yeah, ever. Because I mean, I arguably, mean, arguably the most famous college basketball or high school basketball player ever, and because he only played two years. Yeah, because there was no social media when LeBron was coming up. So, you know. He's obviously the worst. I, I, I mean, I think he's. It's obvious that he's the the third best player. Yeah, he's the, family, the least talented so out of the three. He, he's playing. You know, he he can't be involved with his his family's marketing. He's playing with the third stringers at UCLA. Yeah, he's not even starting. He's not even with the second. I mean, unit. I just think he's acting out. He doesn't. He doesn't care right now. Um, he's being self destructive. I just hope that he. Uh, I hope that he keeps his head on straight. You know, like, and he stays confident, and he doesn't get into like alcohol or drugs or partying. You know, I don't want him to be a Rob Kardashian. Yeah, I would like to see Jello. You know, make it as a pro basketball player just anywhere, anywhere, whether that's overseas, the G League, the NBA, or you know, like I've always said, I think in I, I think in Lavar's uh, back pocket, he's got a plan for Leandro to play football someday. Interesting. Yeah, that's kind of what my prediction was that you know he'd play. He get three years out of high school. Maybe if he, his basketball career wasn't going well, he switch over to football. I mean, that's what Levar did. Yeah, I mean, listen, people will say kids do stupid things when they're eighteen. Trust me. Yeah, I did plenty of stupid things when I was yeah. eighteen. But at the end of the day, you're in a different country, not just representing yourself and your family, but you're representing your school, your teammates, coaches. And really, you're representing the United States of America. Yeah, and most one of the most storied and decorated programs in basketball history. Yeah, um, I don't think this is going to end well for Leangelo and the other freshmen, uh, Cody Riley and Jalen Hill, uh, the other two players that were uh, arrested for allegedly shoplifting uh, over in China. Um, I think there's going to be some sort of punishment from the Chinese government. Yep. Big, I don't know what I don't know what it could be. I just don't know how their laws work over there. You yeah, know, I mean, obviously they're way different that, from here. Is this in the something States. that you know UCLA and the NCAA can talk their way out of? Is this something you can pay for to go away? I I just don't know how you handle mm-hmm. something like this. Maybe the punishment is they're never allowed back in the country. Yeah, or, and that, and but, that could be that's completely understandable. That could hurt Leangelo though. Especially, yeah, especially has, because of how big China is with basketball. Yeah, having a having a pro career overseas that could really hurt. But yeah, I mean they're they're dumb kids, and you know they have bright futures, so they're risking a lot more than most people are. At yeah, 18. I mean I also wouldn't be surprised if there was a lengthy suspension coming from not just uh, UCLA but also the, the NCAA. NCAA. Yeah, for sure. Um, especially because this happened on an overseas trip in a different country. I definitely think uh, Lavar's probably going to end up pulling. Leangelo out of UCLA. It would, I don't, I don't it see would, him finishing would, the season. No, it would not shock me if Leangelo is pulled out of UCLA. On third string, I mean, I yeah, think you, I mean, Lavar can't be happy about if that. that. If that's for reals, which we don't know, you know, maybe he's being disciplined. But well, I mean, they had a real, they had a, real, they had a scrimmage the, last week yeah. against uh, Cal State LA. The Bruins blew Cal State, Cal State LA out of the water, but Leangelo did not start the game. Yeah, he did not come come in with the second unit. That's what I'm he played about five minutes in that game. If that's uh, if that's how it really is, that's not good. I mean, if that was a disciplinary thing, like he was already getting in trouble, and like his discipline, like he I don't think it play. was disciplinary. I think it's based on who else then is on the bar. Is probably going to be pulling him out. It, it wouldn't shock me. Um, but now transitioning from players that don't get paid who should be paid to yeah. the players that do get paid and paid heavily, the big guys. Um, 
obviously the Phoenix Suns Eric Bledsoe drama is over. Uh, the Suns traded Bledsoe to the Milwaukee Bucks Tuesday morning for center Greg Monroe and a protected first and second round draft pick uh, in this upcoming draft. Clearly, Bledsoe and the Bucks are huge winners in this trade. Bledsoe is not in Phoenix anymore, and now he gets to play with Giannis and have a chance to make the playoffs and potentially make a run in the East. Yeah, I think a winner for both sides. Uh, Phoenix did, you know, Phoenix and Bledsoe are a bad marriage. They have young. They have young guards. That are and now they have two draft picks in this upcoming draft. Two draft picks and, uh, and a solid big guy. So um, I think both sides won. Um, Bledsoe is going to be good for Milwaukee because he can really create his own bucket. And yeah. he can play well with these long, athletic 3 and D guys. And it also have. takes a lot of the pressure off of Giannis. A lot of pressure off of Brogdon as well. I mean, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, who's going to sit for the Bucks? Is Middleton. It gonna be, is it going to be – no. Middleton, I think, is playing no matter what. I think it's going to be Brogdon. I think it's going to be Brogdon, Bledsoe, or Snell. I think Snell, we'll, yeah, Snell will probably move to the bench. Yeah, so uh, shout out Tony Snell. Yeah, and uh, I mean, love that guy. Bledsoe and Brogdon are kind of the same guy. I mean, they're point guards, but they're they're combo guards too. So we'll see. Do they want? Because the theme of Milwaukee has been length over everything. Yeah. So I mean, if they're just sticking to that, I would see Snell staying in the starting lineup with Middleton and Giannis and Thon the one. Maker. The one that I saw projected earlier today was Bledsoe, uh, Brogdon, Middleton, Giannis, Thonmaker. Yeah, I think I think the three. I think Middleton, Giannis, and Thonmaker are locked. They're, that's their front court. Oh yeah. Um, but their backcourt, I just someone's got to sit out of Snell, Bledsoe, Brogdon, and, and now Delavadova's minutes go way down. And I like I like I like Bledsoe and Brogdon, but I don't necessarily like them playing at the same time. I would I would rather I mean if I was them, I'd probably bring Brogdon off the bench. But he's playing really well for them. He can still play a bunch of minutes, but he's very versatile. I would keep Snell and the length out there. Yeah, I mean I've always been a fan of Bledsoe. Thought he was a very solid starting guard in the NBA. Uh, and I think that with the talent he has around him now, uh, especially in Milwaukee, uh, he can bring his game to the next level and maybe get to be on the same level as some of those other top guards in the East. I still just don't think Milwaukee's a threat to anybody. I don't think I, I wouldn't say they're a threat, but they're definitely going to they're top four seed in the East now. Yeah, they're still second tier, I think, to to the Boston's and the Cleveland's and the Toronto's and the Washingtons. Yeah, yeah. I would say they're definitely second tier to those guys too. I, yeah, um, they're they're good because they have Giannis, who could be the best player in the NBA. Just someday. signed a deal with Nike too. So there we go. Yeah, that good was job. that was good man. that was announced today. Giannis is now part of the Nike fam. Yep, good 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 choice, my man. You got smart people working around you. Um, but I also I feel bad for a player like Greg Monroe. Um, according to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. Uh, the Suns are going to try and trade Monroe probably, yeah. uh, before any sort of buyout talks occur, but it doesn't look like he's going to play for Phoenix at all. Yeah. Um, obviously, Monroe, before he was in Milwaukee, he was in Detroit, and clearly Andre Drummond was the centerpiece in that front court, yeah. so there wasn't really much room for Andre to, or excuse me, Greg to really grow. Um, but also, there's no room for him in Phoenix. The Suns have big guys like Tyson Chandler, Alex Len, Marquise Chris, and I guess you can throw in Dragon Bender. Oh, for sure, um, Plus, the team is in complete rebuild mode, um, and I don't think Monroe's game, since he's more of a traditional center, yeah. his style of play hasn't really translated to how, A, Phoenix wants to play, yeah. and B, 
really how the style of play in the NBA has really evolved over the past three to four years. Yeah, I would assume. I, I mean, I'm thinking Monroe is probably going to go somewhere like Miami or San Antonio. Um, I mean, I just think those are the kind of teams he's going to be looking at. Maybe even like an yeah, Indiana. some a team Maybe with more like traditional Indiana, center he can back up. You know, in Indiana or something like that. He could go. He, I think eventually the Suns will just buy him out and he'll go sign somewhere like that. Yeah, so we'll we'll see what happens. Um, now to move on to uh, who we thought we're all going to be in the in the finals this year. Uh, the past few years has been this general consensus that the Warriors and Cavs would meet in the finals. And obviously this year was no different. However, the start to this season has been a little bit rough for the Cavs and the Warriors. But obviously it looks like the Warriors have figured it all out. They now sit atop the West standings tied with the Houston Rockets at 8-3. and three. The Cavs, however, still have to figure out uh, still have to figure it out, albeit they, they're still missing Isaiah Thomas, who's dealing with the hip injury that he sustained last year in the playoffs. The Cavaliers are sitting in third to last in the Eastern Conference standings at four and six. Teams like the Knicks, Sixers, and Hornets uh, in the Eastern Conference have a better record in, than the Cavs. And in the West, teams like the Nuggets, Lakers, Grizzlies, and Jabs have better records than Cleveland. Um, I know it's still very early in the season, but clearly things aren't going well. In Cleveland, uh, we've also seen a former member of the organization take shots at Cleveland. Kyrie Irving's been very critical of the Cavs since his departure, saying things like he's been very grateful in the short time of being in Boston, playing for a competent organization and a real coach like Brad Stevens. Of course, I'm just paraphrasing his words, but that was basically the gist of his statements. Um, LeBron James also made his first subliminal social media message by posting a picture of the cartoon Arthur's Fist that has lately turned into a, a meme of being frustrated or highly agitated. Mm-hmm. And he updated that uh, so that's social media post. To, for life. Yeah, that's just his mood forever. Uh, the Cavs recently went on a four-game losing streak where they lost by five to the Nets, 22 to the Pelicans, 19 to the Knicks, and 17 to the Pacers. And then after that four-game losing streak, LeBron goes out and scores 57 against the Wizards, and then they just lost again to the Hawks on Sunday. Um, Tyler, what what do you think the Cavs got to do to figure this out? Uh, they're freaking out right now. Yeah, uh, mentally, it, I mean, panic they, throws. They're 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 in full blown panic mode because they gave away one of the best players in the NBA. Basically, didn't get anything in return uh, for right now. You know, yeah. Isaiah hasn't played. So I mean, basically, they picked up. They lost to Kyrie Irving, and they and picked up a Crowder and a D Wade, you know. That's and just, a D Rose, uh, and a D Rose. But it's just not enough. Um, I think they have to. Uh, they have to get on the same page. Tyron Lue, if he's going to stay there, him and LeBron got to be on the same page. LeBron has to be. LeBron has to go into full domination mode. Which, yeah, he's. Just, you know, people have been saying it for a long time, but it. You know, he can score the rock. Every Any, play. Anytime he wants. So he has to do that until they can figure out what else options they got because that can win you enough games in the but East. That can't, but that can't be healthy for a team's development to try and make a run at a championship. But the team is not developing in a sense where these guys are going to get any better at playing basketball. You know, these are a bunch of veterans. They They're going to get, get better, better at playing together. Exactly. Yeah, but playing together, I don't know. You know, I think playing together, they still need LeBron to take, you know – the brunt of the work. He's still got to take twenty-five to thirty shots a game, and he's got to he's got to try to score thirty wow. points every night. He has to if if anything else wants to open up. Every they 
they need other teams' defense to just completely collapse around LeBron and him make the play. The problem, the problem that I see with LeBron until Isaiah gets back, yeah, then you adjust again. I think I think once Isaiah gets back, they'll be able to really write the ship because that's the full team they were really yeah if gunning if, for this season, especially to allow D Rose to come off the bench. That's big time. Yeah, uh, but man, I mean, I don't know if Isaiah is enough. You know, it's just like even if Isaiah averages thirty again, which they need someone to get a bucket with playing with LeBron. He's a facilitator. Yeah, you know. I still, I just still don't know if they can beat uh, the Warriors or let no, alone I don't the, think they can, let I don't alone think, the Eastern Conference. No, but the problem I see with LeBron taking twenty-five to thirty shots a game is I don't think his body can handle that kind of workload now with him getting to the twilight of his career. No, I think that he's that motherfucker's strong as ever. I think he just still do it, man. I mean, he can back people down. He can get dunks in the open court. It's just. Uh, um, he can do it. The thing is, is he, you know, the other people have to be willing to like, you know, three. Kevin loves a three point, just a spot up shooter at this yeah. point. You know, he's but not the, really. But that's only half the game. You know, that's only their offense, and and that's what I'm saying. And I'm not saying LeBron has to do, you know, ten more shots a game, but he needs to step it up a little bit. He needs to be the guy that comes out. Because normally he comes out, he facilitates, and he lets other people get going. Yeah, but now he needs, he needs to be the guy that they play off of, not, you know, other way around. Yeah. He needs to come out and be aggressive so people like Kyle Korver and Channing Fry and Kevin Love and J.R. Smith, these guys, they need open shots. Yeah. They need – they're the type of players that need the defense to focus on a different player where they can spot up and get to an open spot on the floor – yeah. and get a, a good shot. And like I said, it's only half the game. It's only their offense. Their defense is what's really struggling, and their defense is all effort. These, Like I said, these guys, whether it's Tyron Lue, LeBron James, with the whole entire team, they just need to sit down and talk about effort and communication on defense because these guys are good basketball players. They don't have any rim protectors, but they still have LeBron James on defense playing free safety, affecting shots. They still have people like Kevin Love, who's a solid veteran. Um who can rebound the basketball and get the ball out to the outlet? Yeah, they need that. It's that's where they have to fix it is defense, and that's all. Be, that's all locker room shit, and that, and that's all heart and yeah, want. They have and to be. They have to realize that they're not playing. They're not a franchise that's playing for next year. They're not playing for their careers. Well, they're I think they, try, I think they like, are a franchise playing for next year because LeBron's probably going to leave. That's well. That's why I think they're not playing for next year. They're playing for this year. It's like, listen, this is our year to play with LeBron. This is our year to play with D Wade and Kevin Love and Isaiah. We have all these pieces. We all need to buy in and and realize that this is as good of a shot you get to win a championship as you can. You find. have LeBron James on your team. Yeah, you still have the best player in the world. So he has to be the best player in the world. Um, he has to allow his teammates to play off of him on an offense, and their defense just has to. It's it's simple, but it's not. You know, yeah. it's like they have to the effort and the and the competitiveness and the talking has it's to a be lot. There. It's a lot easier said than done. Like we we can sit here and talk about all the stuff they need to do to change it, but because yeah, they got they got shit going on in the locker room, we have no idea about either. So you know, when they step on the court, they have to put that stuff to the side. Exactly. You know, yeah, you're playing with LeBron James. It's not going to be easy, but at the same time, you got LeBron James. Yeah. You know, you're not you're not. I, I mean, I just I would walk away from something like that. You just try to buy in because, yeah. Unfortunately, Golden State is a team of a, a generation, and uh, it's tough to get a ring right now. So you have to. There's not very many opportunities, and if you're on that team, you're one of the few opportunities in the league. Yeah. So yeah, Cleveland, <laughs> fucking Cleveland. Yeah. 
um, any any other NBA stuff you want to talk about? No, I'm good. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, so before before we get out of here, uh, I got a couple shout outs. Uh, I know Tyler usually does the shout outs, but I came prepared with a, with a couple shout outs. Yeah, mine, cha- mine changed because of recent news. <laughs> Sad news. Yeah. Um, first, my first shout out is an unfortunate one. Uh, I want to send my condolences to the family and friends of former Toronto Blue Jays and Philadelphia Phillies pitcher Roy Halladay, who died in a single plane crash just off the coast of Florida in the Gulf of Mexico. He, he received his pilot's license a few years ago. He was flying a single man airplane and just unfortunately went down. Yeah. 40 years old, two kids. That's, that's tough. Yeah. Um, Halliday was a two time Cy Young award winner. Eight-time All-Star. He had a re- he had a career record of 203 wins, 105 losses, uh, career ERA of 3.38. He also threw a perfect game in the 2010 season for the Phillies, and a no-hitter later that year in the postseason for Philadelphia. He he was one of 18 pitchers to win multiple Cy Youngs, and one of six pitchers to win it win the Cy Young Award in both the AL and the NL. Um, so yeah, I mean, future crazy. Hall of Famer. Yeah, great, great player. Gone, but gone too soon. Gone too soon. Yeah, I mean, that's just it's crazy. It's sad. Forty years old, so young. Yeah. Um, now, on a much lighter note, uh, two two great shout outs. Uh, I want to shout out the University of Alabama Birmingham football team. The school took away the football program along with the bowling and rifle programs because of funding issues two years ago. Uh, but the Blazers just got their sixth victory of the season over the weekend after beating Rice to become bowl eligible for the first time since the last season the team played back in 2014. Uh, so shout out to them. I remember hearing their football program was going to be taken away from them, and I was really upset because how can a Division One football school let their funding get so bad that they had to take away the football program the completely? Maker, yeah. yeah, I mean, football is the biggest moneymaker in college sports. Yeah. Um, but they're back. They're going to a bowl game this year. So shout out to the University of Alabama, Birmingham, and the football players and the coaching staff over there. And my final shout out is near and dear to my heart. Um, for those that don't know, I'm a proud member of the Alpha Epsilon Pi fraternity. It's the one and only Jewish fraternity. And today, Tuesday, November 7th, 2017, is our 104th Founders Day. Guys are old. Yeah, we're pretty old. Uh, so shout out to the Immortal Eleven who founded the fraternity, Charles C. Moskowitz and ten other guys at NYU, founded the first chapter of Pi. Proud to be a Pi till the day I die. Got a nice ring to it. Yeah, yeah. So shout out to all the Pies all over the world, and yeah, proud to be a Pi till the day I die. Tyler, you got any shout outs before we get out of here? Uh, you know, I got to shout this guy, GSP man. Yeah, man. Good work. I, I was very happy to see him come back and I win. T- I think he's now tied for the most wins in uh, UFC history. Um, coming back at his age and taking that amount of time off, uh, fighting a guy like Bisping, that's... It takes balls. Yeah, even if you're not a huge fan, it's just like that guy's just so respectful. Um, it's kind of like the Tim Duncan of the sport. Yeah, definitely, definitely a pioneer of the mixed martial arts movement in the yeah, UFC. Yeah, he's a beast. So, yeah, shout out to the... Shout out to the Canadian, GSP. <laughs> so with that all being said, that wraps up this week on the Sports Kingdom and the TSK Show. Uh, be sure to follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at TSK Show. If you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter, 
Be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler's underscore world underscore. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash TSK show. Also, one more quick shout out to the Cup Barbershop, Tyler's NFL Power Rankings, now presented by the Cup Barbershop. So shout out to Casey. Yeah. Yeah. So that wraps it up for this week. We'll see you guys next week.